Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our word on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. We have a returning guest who's written a new book, and I believe it's his third, and uh, it, should, it should be another great one. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but we're going to find out. And it's called The Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. And joining us is J.M. DeBoard. Thank you for being here. Hello, Al, and hello, Kevin. It's hey, uh, my welcome. pleasure. Hello, Seattle. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. It's raining. <laughs> it's raining everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Tucson. It's 100 degrees and about 5% humidity. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, I miss Tucson. I love Tucson. I love living there. Yeah. Well, Tucson misses you, too. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. So, uh, Jason, now you've written a new book. Uh, what's different about this book from your other dreams book? Like, what's, what's this about? Well, it's about three times longer in length. It is <laughs> a, yeah. Uh, well, it, it, you need that many pages, uh, 480 pages, uh, to explain dreams in depth to give an all-in-one resource, uh, reference source for dream interpretation. So it is a... Dictionary with more than 750 entries. I focus on some of the main, most of the main symbols that you will find in dreams. I, you know, I'm a, a moderator at Reddit.com at the Dreams Forum. So for years, I have been seeing many dream reports coming before my eyes. I help people understand their dreams, and I, uh, into the book, I wove all of this as much as I possibly could to help people to understand their dreams, to address the very common dream themes and symbols. 
but also to do two other things. One, to give you a guide to figuring out your dreams and to build it into the dictionary entries. So you, as you are reading through the dictionary entries, I'm reminding you that dreams are stories that are told through symbolism. And this is how you personalize the symbolism. Most dream dictionaries give you these very broad, uh, sometimes kind of pithy uh, answers to uh, what can be very complex dream symbols. And, of course, no dream dictionary can cover every possibility for meaning. So much of your dream symbolism is based on your personal experience. So I address that deficiency that I have found as somebody who has perused a lot of dream dictionaries in my time. And then I help you to understand the environment in which your dream is told to you or shown to you, which is the psyche, your mind. As you are sleeping, there are processes that are going on in the mind. As you are dreaming, there are processes that are going on, and they work into your dreams. So you need to understand that environment. It's sort of like if you go to a, a, a movie theater, if you go to the mass, you know, cinemaplex down the road, it probably means that you're seeing a certain kind of movie. It's going to be a Hollywood release. But if you go to the little corner movie theater that's all small and cramped, and you are watching an art house theater from some movie that is coming from, you know, overseas or something, well, that is a different environment in which to view the movie, and it's going to tell you certain things before you even walk in the door about what type of movie that it is. It's the same way with understanding your psyche and how dreams relate to it. So all of this rolls in together into 480 pages that I call the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, and I think it's a very innovative book. All of the entries connect together, so if you dream about a symbol and you look it up and it doesn't quite give you what you're looking for, you can use a list of related entries that are at the bottom of every entry so that you can go on to look at other entries that might give you the answer that you're looking mm -hmm. for. Wow. You know, and I was looking over the uh, little um, write-up about it, and you've got, uh, says, entries from abandonment to zoo. And, um, you know, so you've got uh, dreams of falling, running, perilous, all that sort of stuff. But now you've got sex dreams. So now that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> that's what everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> no, no, but you know, with me it's different, because how come I never have them? I'm a 55-year-old man, and I've never had a sex dream. That I remember, for sure. You know, I don't have many of them either. I will have um, sexual themes in my dreams, but rarely am I actually like doing the deed. And for me, and for everyone, your dreams know the best way to speak to you. They know the imagery that's going to stand out to you. They know how to create these stories that are very metaphorical and symbolic. So for some people, sex is a good way of creating these uh, metaphors and creating the symbolism that speaks to you personally. Your dreams, Al, might have come up with some other way of speaking to you that is more effective. So some people have vivid and frequent sex dreams, and some people hardly have them at all. It really depends upon the person. Well, so, so I'm not necessarily... Uh... There's not necessarily something wrong with me because I don't have sex dreams. No, not at all. And in fact, it doesn't even say anything like some people might interpret that as meaning, well, you know, you sex is not emphasized in your life. It's not a big part of your thoughts, your waking thoughts, your feelings, and or maybe that you're not having much sex in your waking life. And none of that is true. It's 
um, simply a way that your dreams can use to speak to you. There is a there are metaphors in those stories that involve sex, and those metaphors can speak to, for example, the desire to be closer to someone or something, because dream characters often represent such things such as subjects mm-hmm. and ideas. People confuse dream characters with being actual people, but dream characters you have to look at as being a costume over something deeper. There is some deeper meaning to it in most cases. Now, you know, you can sometimes with dreams, what you see is what you get. And if you dream uh, about having sex with someone, you recognize the person as a somebody who's involved in your life, you realize, well, uh, I am attracted to that person and I am aroused by that person. Well, the dream could simply be telling you that you are aroused by that person. It could be a simulation to work through your feelings. Maybe you've been, let's say, for example, you've been seeing someone and you haven't really gotten physical yet in the relationship, but you know that this possibility is going to come up soon. Well, your dream will stick you into a simulation to help you to work through your thoughts and feelings. You could kind of tap into your subconscious knowledge of, will this person be a good fit for me or not? Now, it brings up the word fit, and fit is involved with sex because two bodies fit together. And your dreams can use that idea of whether something fits with you or not. And it's not just people. It could be, let's say, for example, that you dream about having sex with a priest. Now, people will look at that overt story and be like, oh, there's something, you know, well, that's morally wrong, or they'll make some kind of judgment about it, or, hey, you know, you've got a secret priest fetish or something. But that's usually not the case. What it could mean is that you've had some kind of religious idea or belief idea that has come to you, and in the dream, you're seeing it um, as whether or not it fits personally with you. Is it a belief that you can adopt? Well, then you might dream about going ahead and having sex with the priest. But if it is not a belief that you can adopt or a religion or a spiritual system or something like that, or even a moral or value, then if you dream about bad sex or not wanting to have sex with that priest, then it could mean that you are rejecting that belief system from coming into yourself. So there's a lot to consider when you dream about having sex. There's often an underlying symbolism to it, and you need to analyze the dream to truly understand it. Yeah, because the priest actually represents something larger than just the priest. Yeah, that's right. Um, what do priests, you know, you start off with your associations. You know, priests are the um, the spokespeople for their religions, for their churches. They are leaders of the flock. They are people who teach right and wrong. They teach morality. So when you have a character like that in your dream, you begin the interpretation process by going, well, what do I associate with priests in general? And then specifically the priest in my dream, because dreams can turn, they put the character into the context of a story. And you really, you have to analyze the character in that context. If the priest in your dream is dressed in black robes and has a big upside-down pentagram behind them, well, it's not the typical idea of what we consider to be a priest. It could be that there's bad religion involved here or some kind of fear. It could just be a character that's helped to tell the story, and it's more important to look at the overall story than it is the individual characters. So, 
I'm kind of glad that you addressed that um, early on. It, when you were talking about your book, you were talking about perspectives and, and symbolism. Because to different people, symbols mean different things. For example, let's take a snake. If you dream about a snake, well, some cultures feel that the snake represents wisdom, whereas perhaps a Christian culture sees a snake as a sign of evil. And, and how do you reconcile that in your book? I teach you to personalize the dream symbol. I give a lot of suggestions based off of the general associations with snakes and what they can mean in dreams. So I cover all of those possibilities that you've just mentioned and a lot more. Snakes can speak to, if it's a snake that is constricting, like it wraps around your neck or a limb, then you could be uh, seeing symbolism for a constricting situation in your life. If the snake bites you, it could be that there is some kind of venom in the symbolic sense getting into your system. Venom meaning bad influence or the effects of um, stress, things along those lines. You could mm -hmm. be taking something into yourself, such as bad diet or some kind of medicine that is not sitting well with your system, and the dream... Um, describes it symbolically as being venom that is coming into your system. But if the dream, if the snake in your dream does not bite you, it doesn't wrap around your neck, in fact, it's harmless. It's just sort of hanging out. Well, now you have to look at other possibilities for the symbolism. It is, as you've said, Kevin, the cultural associations with certain dream symbols can have a lot to do with how they are presented to a dreamer. Um, so if you have somebody who is from Western culture, you mentioned like snakes can be symbols of evil or temptation. There's the Garden of Eden story. Snakes, you know, they're often viewed in a negative light. But if you go to a, say, a Native American culture, they will tell you that snakes are creatures that live close to the ground. And that means that they're very close to the, the natural wisdom, the wisdom of Mother Earth. They, they are symbols of fertility, and when they appear in the dreams of people from a Native American culture, it's almost universally um, seen as a good sign, that the snake is seen as uh, something that is a, a, a harbinger of good things to come. The snake is there in the dream to bless the community, to bless the crops, you know, the fertility of the crops, to bless the people and the fertility of them of having children. So you really have to put it into context. You have to look at your personal associations with the snake. You have to look at your general or cultural associations. And then you have to look at how the snake is presented to you in the dream. Snakes are feared almost, you know, many people fear snakes. And a dream can take something like a snake and just say, okay, this is a costume to represent a fear. Because you fear snakes, your dreams will present it to you as a fear. You know, it could be fear of people who strike or lash out at you. It could be fear of something that is lying in wait for you and you don't know that it's there. Such yeah, as like a snake, snake in the grass. grass. Right. It's it could be fear of people who are, or things that are bad influences. So you have to consider all these things and how it's presented in the context of the dream story. Snakes can also represent the um, sex as well. They are because they're considered to be a phallic symbol. And I've seen a lot of really hilarious uh, dreams that 
have featured snakes and we brought them back to some kind of either relationship or sexual sort of theme, it's very common in the dreams of women to dream about men or male influence in terms of snakes. There was one woman who dreamed that there was this snake in her house and she was trying to guide the snake out of her house. There were these four big snakes, and she got them all out of the house, but there was this one little snake, and the snake didn't want to go out into the cold. And she's like, well, sorry, buddy. Uh, you know, I don't have anything against you personally, but I, I don't want you in my house right now. Well, we talked about the dream, and it turned out that the night before that she was one woman at a bar with, like, 40 guys that she knew from work. So you can imagine, you know, add alcohol, it's a <laughs> yes. sausage fest, and this woman is getting hit on all the time, you know, throughout the night, and then she goes home and she dreams about it, and, well, she didn't take any of those guys home with her that night, and you can see in the dream that she is allowing these snakes, she's for putting them out of her house because she doesn't want them in her house, and what it means is that she doesn't want to receive that maleness, that male energy into her life right now. You could look at it more overtly as saying, well, she didn't want any of those men to come home with her that night. But you could also look at it more as the, the snake represents the male or masculine energy. And she could be at a time in her life when she just doesn't want that to be part of her. You know, it's just not something that she's ready to accept into herself right now. Now, what about the little snake? You know, can she have a little bit of male energy? Or was there a guy who was more in the background that night who was not asserting himself, who was not coming on strongly, but still was showing some kind of interest in her? Maybe that had a little bit more of an appeal to her. We weren't really able to get exactly to the bottom of the dream. We were able to connect these snakes with the men that were in her life at the time or the masculine energy. Um, but it raised a lot of interesting possibilities. I saw another one where a person found a snake that was coming in from a shed and was coming into their house, and it was creeping in underneath the carpet, and the person, like, grabbed a hammer and started smashing at the snake. Well, that reaction really kind of can tell you something about how they feel about male energy trying to get into their life, right? So uh, your reactions and dreams can actually tell you a lot, because here's one of the things that I teach in my book and in my workshops and lectures is that your dreams, your reactions can tell you a lot about what a symbol means in your dream because you already know what it means. Your dream is invented in your unconscious mind, which means that it's outside of your conscious awareness, but it is still in you. You are creating your dream stories. So when your dreams create these symbols, they are based off of subconscious knowledge of what that symbol means. So you already know what that symbol means, and you react to it in the dream, mm -hmm. in the story, based off of that subconscious knowledge. So you have, on the one hand, the lady who sort of, you know, is nice to the snakes but doesn't want them in her house. That's one reaction. Now the other person has a snake, has a snake sneaking into their house, and they attack it with a hammer. Look at the difference in the reactions, and it can really tell you a lot about what the subconscious, um, what, their, what the knowledge is, what, what the symbolism means, and how they really feel about it. Yeah. So you, you give it the context. Absolutely. You can't understand dream symbols by themselves. And this is kind of an injustice that is done by a lot of dream dictionaries and the sort of pop psychology references that you find with Internet searches is they 
they are giving you these very quick answers and they're looking at the dream symbols without any sort of story context to them. A symbol by itself has wide open possibilities for meaning. But when you put it into context of the story and of your life, now you have symbolism. Symbolism is the use of symbols to convey an idea or to tell a story. Symbolism is really where the true art and science of dream interpretation comes into play. You can't just look at a symbol by itself. Let's take a quick example. The cross, the Christian cross. For people who are who grow up in Christian cultures, the cross is loaded with personal meaning and also with group meaning. You know, the cross represents Jesus. Well, what does that connect to? Well, it could connect with sacrifice or the teachings of Christianity or, you know, the teachings in, like, the Sermon on the Mount and the New Testament. Uh, but it can branch out in many different directions, and you have to understand the cross within the context of the story. If it's a cross that is in a church, well, it might have to do more with Christian teachings. But if it is a cross that is pursuing you down a dark alley, and it's like this animated creature that's uh, following you, it could, it could be, be like, you're running from your religion or something. You or know? guilt. Or some kind of guilt. That's right. You know, Especially in some of these uh, Christian religions that are heavy on the guilt. Well, you know, now your dreams know, hey, anytime I need to create symbolism for guilt, boy, I've got a great one right here. I'll, I'll give you this, you know, 20-foot-tall cross and put it into the story context where, you know, let's just say that in the dream uh, you run across uh, somebody who's injured and you decide you're going to take their wallet and run rather than help the person. Okay, well, now you have a scenario that says guilt. Now you're running down the road and you're, you know, you've got this cross following you. Well, it means you can't get away from your guilt. It doesn't have anything to do with stealing from people. It doesn't really have anything to do necessarily with religion. It's just saying the cross symbolizes guilt to you and you've been doing something that makes you feel guilty. I've seen this scenario also with cheating dreams. The cheating, people look at that and the, their immediate reaction, you know, like if you wake up and you've been sleeping next to your significant other and yeah. you see that that person has been cheating on you, the typical reaction is to wake up and, like, give the person an elbow and be like, hey, why were you cheating on me? You know, who is the other person and, you know, why are you doing this to me? But really, cheating is a, just can simply be a way of saying that you or you feel guilty about something that maybe you, it could involve your spouse, such as you haven't been giving them the time and attention that they deserve, or you have something else that is distracting you away from the person. You've had thoughts maybe about that the relationship of, you know, isn't going as well, and maybe you've been thinking behind the person's back that you might go another direction in your love life, or, you know, I saw this arise with somebody who had uh, cheating dreams and, you know, feeling guilty and everything, and it was simply because she knew that the guy that she was dating was not the one. And she knew that the guy was falling in love with her, and she felt guilty about kind of leading him on. Not consciously leading him on, but in the back of her mind, she knew there was going to come a point when she was going to have to tell him, look, I, I like dating you and everything is fun, but I don't think that we have a future together. Yeah, back to the friend zone you go. <laughs> yeah, back to the friend zone. <laughs> or let's just date, but we know that this is not going to end up becoming marriage. And we know that at some point down the road that when we do find somebody who is better for us, that we might go different directions. But for right now, at least, we're okay together. 
So you really you look at the theme and you under you look at how it triggers feelings in you and you look at how that dream symbol is used within the context of a story and then you start thinking of the possibilities for symbolism that uh, arise from it. I've found cheating dreams to arise in many different scenarios. For one case, there was one guy who um, his girlfriend told him, "Hey, you there's this really good looking girl at the place where you work. You will not say a word to her." And oh, wow. He, right, right. So she's very controlling and manipulative, right? She's very insecure, so she's trying to tell his girlfriend, his her boyfriend, to not interact with a co-worker. Well, when you work closely with a person, how do you not interact or say anything to them? You know, you're going to give off this really weird vibe. So he said that he went ahead when he was at work, he just treated this girl, you know, normally and would have normal conversations with her and everything. But in the back of his mind, he knew that if his girlfriend found out, there would be hell to pay. So he kept having dreams about being caught cheating. So it was showing as a, you know, kind of as a physical representation of a personal situation. The cheating scenario, being caught with this other girl, his girlfriend walks in, you know, she's she's pissed off and, you know, and she starts laying into him in the dream, telling him that he's a cheater and all this. Well, he's not cheating on her, but he's doing something that he knows that she disapproves. So, you know, you have to really look at cheating as being a theme, and there is some kind of symbolism that behind it that will tell you more about what's going on in your life, what's going on in your feelings, too. I'm just going to say that uh, quite a few of these dreams are about, let's say, for the snake that, you know, someone's coming after you, and then other ones are about your own guilt. How, how do we tell the difference? Like, how, how do we ourselves search out to figure out what it means? I, uh, you, you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, and this is where the art and science of dream interpretation comes into play, because you begin the process. I have a system called Dreams 123, and I created it because people don't know where to begin interpreting and analyzing their dreams. They want a systematic approach to it, so I walk you through it step by step. And step one is to break down the dream into its component parts. It has, every story has settings. Every story pretty much has characters. And then most stories have symbols. And when I say stories, I mean look at movies, books, uh, television shows. They're, they're, they choose the settings deliberately. They choose the characters deliberately. There are casting directors. There are scout, you know, location scouts. Um, there are uh, art directors who look at the script and go, okay, well, you know, we need to convey an idea without hitting the viewer in the head with it, so let's put this symbol in there to help to trigger something subconsciously in them. And, you know, so this is really the art of storytelling. We've all absorbed these messages because we read novels and we watch movies and television shows. You know, we absorb stories and we see how those stories are told. Your dreams do the same thing, and they will use the same methods of storytelling. So you begin by breaking down the story into its pieces and looking at them individually. You go, okay, well, here's a setting. What does it mean in a large, what could it mean in a larger context? You know, the setting is a school. Well, a school is a place for learning, but it's also a place for preparing for the future. It is a place for learning about yourself, to, of making friends, of competing, 
you know, with test scores and getting into certain classes and stuff like that. For some people, it is a symbol of failure because they didn't do so well in school or of being, you know, rejected socially or stuff like that. So there are possibilities that are raised by the setting and then by the characters and then the symbols. And then you look at the narrative components of the dream. You have things such as the actions of the dream. They are symbolism. Like, if you are driving 100 miles an hour down a narrow road, it can mean that your life is going too fast and you don't have many choices. You know, narrow is restricted choices, driving fast is the pace of your life. You look at the ways that you react, like in the example about the snakes. If you react to the snake. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Friendly, you know, then the snake does not represent something that's necessarily bad. You know, it doesn't represent, you know, uh, guilt or temptation or fear or anything like that. If you react to the snake in a good way, then, well, it's some kind of good symbolism behind it. So you take that, and then you start applying dream interpretation techniques. One of the main ones is association. And you look at your general associations with the thing that is in your dream. I had one that came up that was about a raccoon attack. And you can find this at dreams123.net, which is my main dream interpretation site. And there's a search box, and just put in raccoon. And you can find this very quickly. It is, I used it as an example because... 
Well, you have general associations with raccoons. You know, this is that they are scavengers. They look like they're wearing a bandit mask, so they can represent <laughs> something related to sneakiness. They're connected with nature. They can have something to do with nature and, uh, you know, the struggle for survival, things along those lines. But in this case, the guy had a very personal association with raccoons based off of an experience he had when he was young. He would go to campgrounds with his parents, and he would want to feed the raccoons. And his parents would admonish him for this, because they know what's going to happen. Feed the raccoons, and you know, every time you turn your back, you're going to have a raccoon dipping into your picnic basket, right? <laughs> True. So, yeah, so you know, he felt like, and what we boiled this down to, we simplified the theme down to, he feels like he's being punished for doing something that he feels is right. So in the dream, these you know he sees the, the he's in a tent and he falls down through just the ground collapses beneath him. He falls into a river. He comes it's a raging river. He comes to sort of like an island in the middle of the river and he's floating in his tent, you know. And he finds this raccoon and he tries to help the raccoon and the raccoon attacks him. So what is he doing in that action? He is doing. He is trying to do the right thing. He's trying to be helpful. But it's backfiring on him. He's feeling like he's being attacked or punished for it. Right. So what we, what I asked him, I said, well, is this a theme in your life lately? Because dreams bring up the past because in some way they connect with the present. And he said, yes, this happens to me all the time. I feel like I'm being attacked. So you look at the tent symbolism and you go, well, now that makes sense. Because what is a tent? It is a thin skin of protection. Now, you protect yourself emotionally and personally and psychologically. When he feels like he's being attacked for doing the right thing, what it means is that those emotional protect that his emotional protection gets shredded very quickly. Now, so you put it, put it all together. What does the raging river symbolize? Well, water is often associated with emotions. So a raging river implies turbulent emotions. When these things happen to him, it connects. When he feels like he's being attacked for doing the right thing, it really sets him off emotionally. It's a very strong reaction within him, and he's not able to control it. So you see all that played out in the dream. Point being is, is that you have many personal experiences that go into how your your base of knowledge for symbolism and what the symbols in your dreams mean. You can have general associations, which most dream dictionaries are pretty good at covering all the bases for general associations. But how do you personalize those dream symbols? Because they could be based on things that have happened to you that are very personal, and there is no way that somebody who is writing a dream dictionary can guess at what all those possibilities are. So that's step two. Use, you know, use association and dream interpretation techniques. There are others, and they're detailed in my book, uh, which, by the way, the Dream Interpretation Dictionary by J.M. DeBoer, quick plug there. Um, now, <laughs> in, uh, in, in step three, you start pulling it all together, and you want to start to see the ways that these dream symbols interrelate. You're kind of like a detective that starts off with a hypothesis, and then you have to test the hypothesis. So in, the, in that last dream example, I started off by looking at the symbolism of the raccoon. I looked at the symbolism of the raging water. I looked at the symbolism of the tent. Each one individually raises these different possibilities. And what I looked for, is there a way that these all point, is there some possibility out of each one of these symbols that points the same direction? 
So you look at the raging river and you go, there's something that makes this person's emotions turn turbulent. You look at the tent getting all torn up and you go, well, there's something that could be shredding this guy's psychological defenses. That seems to connect with the idea of his emotions turning turbulent. How does that fit together with the raccoon? We had him give his associations. He told me about the personal experience with the raccoon. And now these three parts, these three details of the dream seem to fit together. The next step is to then test it by your feelings. If you if you, fe- you start figuring out what a dream means, then it's sort of like remembering something that's been on the tip of your tongue. You have that aha moment where you go, yes, okay, I, I think I get it. Uh, that resonates with me. That's that, that really matches. So now you have a clue that you, you're testing your hypothesis against what you know inside. And remember, you already know what the dream means. You made it up somewhere in your mind. So that's... To make a long story short, or a short story long, that is how you interpret a dream. You take those symbols and you put them into context. You see how they fit together and then follow the trail of clues. And eventually what happens is you see a big picture. It's like a picture that says a thousand words. In one glance, you can see the entire meaning of the dream in one big picture. But all of the little pieces of that picture connect together like a puzzle. And that's when you know that you have the right interpretation. Hmm. Now, some of our listeners wouldn't forgive us if we did not ask you about repetitive dreams. Because, you know, I, I do paranormal investigations, at, you know, on the side. And I run into a lot of people that say, well, I've had the same dream over and over and over again. And then it happened, you know, in real life, you know, weeks down the road. Uh, How would we, you know, explain that, a repetitive dream? Is that just simply a persistent thought that we're having? Well, I've got two uh, thoughts on this. One is is it sounds like if if you had a a recurring dream and then the actions or something about that dream came true in your waking life in a way that was undeniably connected with the dream, then what you have is a precognitive dream. And this happens to everyone, except for most people don't remember their dreams well enough. The precognition in dreams can run the gamut from previewing a uh, conversation that you're going to have in the future or some kind of minor event in your life, all the way up through the most important events in your life. And if it is a recurring dream about a situation that is coming up in your life, then most likely... It's a very important message in your dreams want to make sure that it gets through. Now, the second half of this is recurring dreams are what I call the low-hanging fruit on the tree because they give you a place to start with your dream interpretation, especially if if you are new to dream interpretation. Almost everyone can remember a recurring dream. They have some kind of specific story that's told, or it's a theme that recurs, or it's a story that picks up where the last dream left off. So even if you don't have good dream recall, you can probably at least remember one or two of these themes. And people who come to my workshops and lectures, this is very often what they are there for, is because they have a recurring dream and they want to know what it means. And I go, great, let's dig into this, because I can give you... If we can understand that one theme 
a dream theme, that one recurring dream, now we have a key that can help you to unlock other dreams. And it can begin by going, well, I have this recurring theme. Let's figure out what it means. We figure out what it means. Well, now when you have that dream in the future, you can have a base. You have a base to start from. You go, okay, well, last time this is what this dream meant. So it doesn't mean that this time. I had a few of them. One in, in one of my dreams um, or dream themes, which I have had over and over and over again, is I am working in a restaurant. I'm a waiter. I did this from the time I was in high school, and I did it all the way up through college and afterwards. So I have a lot of personal experience with waiting tables. And one of the nightmare scenarios, and if you are a waiter in a restaurant, is going from zero to a thousand miles an hour in a, in you know 30 seconds flat because you've just watched your entire station full of tables fill up with people and they're all sitting there with their menus and you're going oh boy here we go I gotta hustle now so what I found is, is that this theme arises in my dreams when I either have too much to do or I have too many demands on my time I have too many people who are making demands on my attention I can start there and I can understand the dream and then I can pull something out of it. It might be that I need to roll back my commitments a little bit. It might be that I just need some personal time. So it starts with the recurring dream though. I put the effort into understanding that theme and now anytime that theme arises in my dreams, I can begin with that foundation and I can say, okay, does that, is that idea fit? Am I watching myself being pulled in too many directions at once? Do I have too many people who are, who are making demands on my time? Is it, do the people represent things? You know, think of your to-do list when you've got 25 things on your to-do list. I look out at my station full of tables, and there are 25 people holding menus waiting for me to get to them. You know, it's like, well, a menu is a list, right? If you have a to-do list. So um, I would highly encourage your listeners to begin with, if they're going to begin with dream interpretation, start with their, with their recurring dreams. Keep a notebook by your bedside, and when you wake up in the morning and you know you've had a recurring dream, write it down. Of course, write down any dream memory, but this is a really good place for you to start, and then start applying dream interpretation techniques. I had a really interesting dream that took me a long time to figure out. Um, for a while, I was dreaming that I was in the far north of Alaska. And I would come to this little town, and I was there as the dream expert, and I was there to teach the townspeople about their dreams. Well, I, you know, it's very sparsely populated place, but when I would walk into the bookstore or the library or something to get my presentation, there would be this cozy little group of people, and they're all anticipating me showing up, and they, they greet me, and they're very happy to have me there. At the time, this was after my first book was uh, released, the one about dreams. It's called Dreams 123. And I was doing everything that I possibly could to get some kind of exposure. And that included doing presentations at community centers and bookstores. I would take any media program that came along and I would happily, you know, be the guest on the show. I would turn out later that there were like three people listening to the show or something. And so it's, you know, that, or I would walk into a community center. I kid you not. I've had times that I've had just a few people there. I had one time, my first workshop, there was no one there. I had to go out on the sidewalk in front of the bookstore and recruit people to come in to my workshop, 
right? So at the so I was I, I was having these dreams about being in Alaska, and I'm like, you know, this is really strange. I've never been to Alaska. I don't have any kind of personal connection to the place. I don't have any relatives that live up there or anything. What in the world does this mean? So I racked my brain, and you know, and it finally came to me. There was an association. What do I associate with Alaska? It's a place that is sparsely populated. Now you are the detective. Start off with that idea sparsely populated and then look at the contents of the dream i am there as the dream expert i'm walking into these places to teach people about their dreams now it all connects together it was basically riffing on that i was doing all of this work to present my you know to present my teachings on dreams but the there weren't many people there but the reaction that i had in the dream was most important because i was happy to be there it didn't matter to me that it was a small audience i was happy to be there to you know to teach what i know best so that is right there gentlemen that is the art and science of dream interpretation in a nutshell <laughs> well yeah exactly um if we have just a couple of more minutes and so if i can put myself on your couch for just a minute jason sure Okay, I, I'm so glad that you shared uh, that dream, which, you know, uh, Alaska, I would have associated it with Sarah Palin. But, <laughs> um, uh, and dingbats, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I was going to say, but I thought I'd behave. <laughs> oh, oh, I went yeah. there. I went behave, there. Al. <laughs> no, because I, I opened up with snakes because last week I had the most bizarre dream, and if you know me, bizarre dreams are kind of my thing. Well, I, uh, tell me about it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I dreamt that I was in this absolutely dilapidated house. I mean, it was rotten and it was falling apart. And I was with an unknown friend. I can't give you the name. All I know is that he was there. And we were shooting at these targets that were on this wall. And out of the bullet holes came these thousands and thousands of little snakes. And that's why I chose snakes at the beginning of the interview. And they weren't huge snakes. Each one was maybe a foot long. But I remember them just pouring out of the wall. And... I remember they were crawling around, they weren't biting, they weren't attacking, they were crawling around on my arms, and I remember thinking just how absolutely beautiful they were, because they were these beautiful iridescent colors, blues, greens, reds, yellows, and I was like, man, these are absolutely beautiful. Well, this gives us a chance to apply one of my dream interpretation techniques, which is to simplify in the dream, there is a, a, most dream stories are built around a central idea or theme, and you can get at it by simplifying. You step back from the dream imagery, and you go, okay, in simplest terms, what is this really saying? And what I'm seeing is uh, the idea of, like, diamond in the rough. You are in this dilapidated house, everything's falling apart, you're shooting at targets, and then out come these snakes, and the snakes are very beautiful. You know, when you first started talking about this, I thought, man, are you doing a home renovation and are you encountering thousands of little problems that are creeping up as you kind of get behind the walls, you know? like. But no, your reaction tells me something different because you're finding that the snakes are very beautiful and you react to them. I mean, how many people could dream about a snake being on their body 
and them not reacting in a way where they're absolutely terrified, right? Especially if there are, you know, hundreds or thousands of them crawling around you. You know, this is like a scene out of uh, Indiana Jones. Why does it have to be snakes? Why does it have to be snakes? Yeah. So your reaction really tells you a lot. So what I would ask is, is that did you kind of shoot for some kind of target in your life and it was in a situation that appeared at first to be rough or run down or pessimistic or negative, but it turned out that on the other side was something that was surprisingly um, beneficial, something that uplifted you, something that was beautiful to you. Uh, that's how I would start off with that. Now, you want to look at the symbolism individually. You're in a rundown house. Well, a house can symbolize in some way the life that you are constructing for yourself. It can be your outer life and the persona that you build up, which is your self-image that you kind of project out to the world. It can have to do with the idea of the life you build for yourself because you construct houses and you also build your life a piece at a time, right? Um, you have walls, and walls are what? They separate things. They are barriers. If you have walls in your life, you have things that are separated from each other. Then you look at the condition of the house. It's all run down. You know, that can mean that there was something going on in your life, either in general or a specific area of it, that was run down. It was dilapidated. Maybe it wasn't getting the attention that you needed to give to it. It was kind of forgotten about in some way. Uh, or it just, maybe you've been through a run of bad luck or something like that. Ah. It felt like things were falling apart on you. A situation was falling apart on you. Now, look at the other action. The main action is, is that you're shooting at targets. Well, it's a physical representation of a personal situation. If you are shooting at a target in a dream, it can mean that you are trying to hit some kind of target in your life. You have an idea, an ambition, a goal, something you want to do, something you want to be, you want to experience, you want to achieve or accomplish. Now, you have ideas for, you would simply ask yourself, what am I targeting in my life? Step back from the, from the action of the dream, step back from the symbolism and simplify it. What am I trying, what, what am I targeting in my life? And then you have the third part of the dream is what sort of unexpected surprise that I get after I look, after I try to, you know, hit the mark, you know, shoot at the target, hit the bullseye. Well, now it opened up something, right? Holes open up in the wall. You have some kind of barrier, you know, the wall is a barrier. And I, and and I broke now, through. Uh, and you broke through. Yes, yes, exactly. You're catching on. That was the thought that was in my mind is it looks to me like you made some kind of breakthrough. Now, here's the thing with dreams is they can speak to the events that are going on in your life, but many dreams are about your inner life, and what you see in the dream is actually what's going on inside of you. So the, I look at the wall and I go, was there some kind of barrier in your thoughts, your feelings, your perceptions, and then you reach for a target. Like, let's say that you're trying to, you're doing things to improve yourself, you know, uh, some kind of work, inner work that you're doing, and then you see that you reach the target and it opens up something for you, you make a breakthrough. So, Kevin, start there. How does that resonate with you? Or ha, I tell you what, I'm putting you on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely perfect. Well, there you have can it. You, 
Can you connect it back with something that was going on in your life at the time? You know what? Uh, let me ponder it because you you very well could be right, and in a lot of different directions. You know, I work in corrections. You know, I'm a shift lieutenant at a jail, so I'm constantly in a negative environment. And you're right. You know, I'm I'm always shooting for something, either you know from my my officers that work for me or shooting for something with administration or coming up with ideas. And sometimes I hit the targets, sometimes I don't. But each day, I really do try to find or do something beautiful to touch a life. Yeah. And and, and I and I'm not saying that just to be you know. Passe, I, you know, I really, really do try to touch lives in a positive way. So now we're looking at, we look back at the dream and you can see possibilities for how this connects. You know, a jail is kind of a, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the best environment to spend all your hours in. You know, the typical jail is just kind yeah. of a, a depressing environment. And I but you, as the leader, yeah, you're the one who's shooting for targets, and you're trying to bring some kind of beauty into the situation. So it, what it looks to me like is, is that it could mean that you are trying to, you have a goal or a target that you can find the beauty in any situation. It could be a prisoner that turns out to be a really decent human being, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be the other, you know, guards. You are very cognizant of the fact that they are working in the same environment and they're putting in these long hours doing something that is, you know, repetitive work um, that is in a kind of a dreary environment. I'm not saying that that's what your environment is like. I'm picturing from my own perspective, you know, most jails are kind of Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. So, okay, okay. I didn't want to presume too much. Um, so now I think the really good takeaway from this, and this is um, step three of my Dreams 123 system, is you find a way of making a dream come true um, or of following your dreams, meaning your dreams give you ideas, they give you ways of looking at situations, they, they help you to, they, there's something from the dream that you can pull into your waking life that is going to be beneficial for you. So for you, what I would really look at is, hey, there is something that I'm doing, I have a target that I'm reaching, and it's opening up, I'm making a breakthrough, it's opening up these new possibilities. They're represented as the snakes, and the snakes are beautiful, you know, like yes. there's something real here that is, so that's the part that I would really latch on to for the dream for the third step, which is what do I do with the information that I gain from this dream? How does it benefit me in some way? For you, anytime, you know, next time you start feeling down about your work or you walk in and you're like, God, oh, what a terrible work environment. Yeah. Okay. You know? this Not sucks. to say it's a terrible job, but yeah, you feel that way. Then you remember the dream and you go, you know, if I keep the right attitude and mindset and outlook, then I can find some kind of diamond in the rough here. I can find the beauty of the situation. I can bring out the best in people, even if they're not doing it for themselves. Well, mm. there you have it. Uh, that now you're all good. I am. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, Kevin. That's my pleasure. Wow. So, um, I wanted to get a chance to let your uh, your listeners know that uh, I have the you know the book is is out. It's available now. When you got your press release from me, it was the book was on pre-release. Um, but on June 13th, just two days ago, it was released. It's all in bookstores all over the place. 
I believe that Seattle is being targeted as an area to make sure that we get wide distribution because I'm doing media interviews up there. Um, I have family up there, by the way. Um, and yeah, and I'm going to tell them to when I get you uh, when I know when this is going to air, I'm going to make sure that this gets out on my social media and stuff. I always do that, but I'm going to make sure that my mom and my sister and my sister-in-law and all those people that live up there in Seattle they know to tune in. Um, but um, the book is available. It's the Dream Interpretation Dictionary: uh, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. It should be in your bookstores. If not, walk in and ask them for it. It is available on Amazon, which is a Seattle company. So hey, you know, support your local economy, whatever. Um, and I also encourage your listeners if they want to start off with dream interpretation. I have created an online correspondence course of sorts. This is through my uh, my newsletter. It's called We Love Dreams, and if you just Use your favorite search engine. Go to type in We Love Dreams newsletter, and that will take you to a link that you can sign up for my newsletter. And when you do, you'll get a welcome email from me. And then the next day, you're going to get links to blog posts and videos and media interviews that I've done that are arranged by topic. So you want to learn how to remember your dreams? Well, I've got a blog post for you. You want to know how to decode the symbolism? I made an hour-long video about that subject. Plus, I have blog posts about it. You want to understand the characters in your dreams and how to understand the settings and you know all this. It will get come to you day after day. You'll get these emails for like three or four days in a row that will come to me, come to you from me that will teach you what you need to know to at least get started with dream interpretation. So it's called the We Love Dreams newsletter. It's the full service station. Yeah, it is. It is. Our guest has been J.M. DeBoard, and the new book is out, The Dream Interpretation Dictionary, and it's Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Al, and thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing your dream and giving me an opportunity to uh, help you with it. And by helping you, I think that we've probably helped your listeners, too. So it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. To find out more about our show guests or listen to a previous show, visit our website at www.somethingweirdmedia.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.